0: Blessed are the persecuted souls of right Whose hearts ablaze with truth Take up the fight In shadows deep they tread a lonely road For righteousness they bear a heavy load With courage strong they face the world's disdain In silent suffering they find their gain For in their trials seeds of change they sow A legacy of courage as they go Amidst the darkness of a hostile gaze their spirits soar undaunted by the haze. In every step their purpose stands revealed, a sacred fire in hearts that won't be sealed. They champion justice in the face of hate, a beacon shining through the darkest fate. With steadfast faith they stay their righteous course, their voices strong, unwavering. Blessed are they who face the world's disdain, their love for truth a fire that won't wane. For in the persecution's bitter sting, they find the strength that hope and healing bring. In every trial, they'll endure and rise, their spirits soaring neath oppressive skies. With humbled hearts, they stand on higher ground where peace and justice's melodies resound. Though maligned and reviled, they hold their ground. In the persecution's grip, they won't be bound. For in their suffering, they find their worth, a testament to righteousness's birth. So let us honor those who bear the weight, the persecuted who in darkness wait. In somber tone, their sacrifice for in their courage, justice finds its seed. Good
1: morning. morning. Morning, morning, morning. Welcome to Element 3 Church. I'm Pastor Scott, and this is our panel Sunday. And the text went out on Friday. This is our celebrity. I'll introduce her in a moment. Uh, you're a celebrity. You're a celebrity. Everyone's a celebrity in God's eyes, but specifically you are a celebrity. We'll talk about it in a moment. A couple of quick announcements. I want to say thank you, so many thank yous to Maribel Rivera for the poetry and to Jason Davis for the, the filming of that poetry. All the people who were speakers, and I see many of your faces in here this morning, special thanks to you as well. We'll be... Just because the series is ending doesn't mean this creativity will. We're excited to continue using different means and methods for doing our scripture and for just getting us centered around this idea of the Beatitudes. Next week, we have a very, very funny one, so we'll enjoy that one. Uh, A couple quick announcements. I wanna reemphasize what Dan already said. Next week is an owners meeting. We have several different uh, items to discuss as owners, so make sure you come. The owners of E3 Church, anyone's available and welcome to to come and just sit in and, and listen. And then secondly, want to point out that we have a new person starting on staff, uh, Walter Graham. I know he's teaching Element 3 kids preschool right now. He got roped into there last minute. Walter's actually being paid through a government grant, so he's not being paid through Element 3 Church, but he's working 20 hours a week. So if you see him while you pick up your kids, if you see him during Sunday, give him a high five and welcome him to the team here at Element 3 Church. As we get forward into later October and into November on our website, there are several opportunities to connect in some classes. Shape class, uh, newcomer's class, or, or sorry, first steps class. And we also have a great class called God and the Gay Christian. If you have questions on that, sometimes people get thrown off by the title. Don't read a book by its cover friends. Talk to me after the gathering. We'd love to talk more about that. Um, myself, or Pastor Mike, uh, part of our uh, True Color ministry. So excited for that. And with that, whew, I feel like I just talked a million miles <laughs> I'm going to introduce my good friend, Leah Wiley. Will you welcome her to the stage here at Element 3? (laughs) We have different applauses at Element 3. So that was what we call a par on a par three applause. If you come back a couple weeks when we do our baptisms, we have like, I just won the master's applause, okay? Yeah, yeah. We're excited for that. Leah is a great friend of mine, and she works for a ministry called Capital Area Justice Ministry. And it's a perfect Sunday as we get into the Beatitudes. This week is blessed are the persecuted for righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is your, is, is ours and theirs. Uh, and this, this Beatitude is one that really fits well in with C-A-J-M, is what we're going to call it, Cajim. Mm-hmm. That, that's the acronym. Mm-hmm. And really understanding what they're trying to do, both in Tallahassee, in Leon County, and really for the world. Really for the world. That this ministry has been built up. Uh, E3 was in the beginnings of it. We are now formally partners with Kajum for the past almost a year, or almost formally a year, yes. which I can't believe. Time, we were talking about time does not make sense. Uh, and Leah is uh, the leader of that ministry and has been an amazing job building this up over the past over the past year. And would want to just kind of share a little bit about yourself before we get into the ministry, where you're from, your family, uh, maybe something happened exciting yesterday in your life? Yeah.
2: I'm the mother of David Thomas Wiley, and that's his first name, David Thomas. He's not a junior. We have to say he's 10 years old. Um, and um, he turned 10 last week, um, and I turned 45 yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for my birthday gift uh, 10 years ago. Um, yeah, and I'm a, I'm a native Georgian. I'm from Southeast Georgia. Jessica ooh, there's some Southeast Georgians? or Georgians in here? Right. Two. Two, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. 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 there you go. We got Georgians. got Georgians. And I, um, but I've been in Florida since uh, uh, 1997. I came here to Florida A&M and, and uh, really found who I was in the ministry of community organizing. And so I started organizing in 2005. Um, down in the Saint Pete area met my wonderful soon to be husband at the time and then we moved up here
1: um, so I'm a Tallahassee man as well Awesome awesome we love that If you could explain Cajam to a bunch of strangers who maybe have never heard about this if you have a 30 second elevator pitch what would you say to them in explaining what the ministry is and does
2: 30
1: seconds Maybe oh. maybe a minute 30 it's a, it's a long elevator Okay
2: it's Yeah okay. So we're going to the top
1: Yes absolutely and we're on the bottom and there's two stops in the middle too okay, so yes
2: okay, um, well, so yeah, so Capital Area Justice Ministry, we're a coalition of 20 congregations here in the, you know, Tallahassee area, the Capital Area. So we have some congregations um, in uh, Gaston County as well, but we're mostly Tallahassee See right now. Um, and Capital Area Justice Ministry is a coalition. Um, and our purpose is to seek justice, to live out the gospel and prophetic call to do justice. Micah 6, eight what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with our God, and Mm -hmm. Jesus reiterates this when he's teaching the religious leaders at the time that the weightier matters of the law that we ought to be practicing and they should be teaching people to practice Mm -hmm. is justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And historically, the church has developed a mechanism, a structure, for the faithfulness ministry. Worship, right? Uh, Most Christian congregations meet on sunday mornings and worship do bible study throughout the week um and congregations have developed a way to do mercy um, structures to do mercy and that's charity uh, giving people exactly what they need when they've fallen through the cracks justice is that ministry that has not been developed in congregations right and so capital area justice ministry helps congregations build that structure within the congregations and then come together in the community Uh, to do justice, hold our public officials accountable for justice um, in the community.
1: I love that. And I love that this is work that can't be done by any one church, um, unless you're a mega, 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 mega church, you know, a a church of several thousand where you have 10 staff people. Um, This is work that has to be done in conjunction with one another and to see brothers and sisters across our city and county saying, we want to be a part of this. It's just phenomenal for me i was thrilled too to hear that in lincoln nebraska where i came from they're yes. just starting up one of these so That's it's not right. just a tallahassee thing this is a national organization that we are so blessed to have your leadership for Thank you. uh, tell me a little bit more about some of the other partners in the the ministry uh how, how do we all kind of function together throughout the year uh in your mind because i know but they don't know so. yeah
2: sure yeah. So um, throughout the year, we so the the way the the best way to do justice, the way the best way to be heard uh, by our public leaders who are in charge of the systems that really need to be restored, really need to be uh, rehabilitated, because there are people in need. Because we're doing mercy, we know that there's something else at play that's causing that. Um, and so, in order to really be heard uh, by our uh, city leaders. We have to be powerful. I mean, that could be a, a scary word. Uh, power is a actual a, a good term, and Dr. King actually says it's a shame that power and love, you know, have been seen as polar opposites. Right. Right. Um, he said that uh, power, That's because power without love um, is abusive, um, but love without power is anemic. You, you just can't get anything done. And so, with Capital Area Justice Ministry. Um, and the biblical call, we seek to, to merge power and love. And so for us to be powerful, then we come together. Our power is in our numbers. Our power is in us being together. And so throughout the year, we have several pieces of our, our year where we help congregations build power, build that structure. First, we listen. Um, we have what we call house meetings or small groups, Ten or twelve people come together and really talk about what is what what keeps you up at night, right? Or what in the community makes you angry? What is concerning you? Um, it's based in the Nehemiah story. Mm-hmm. Um, Nehemiah, when he comes back to Jerusalem to help rebuild the wall, uh, and just
1: for everybody else, the Jerusalem had been leveled by by the yes. Babylonians, and so yes, keep going. Yes, yes, yes
2: please, and that's. Um, And so in the midst of that rebuilding, folks start talking about what's going on in their lives. Um, And I love this quote. I mean, Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah is basically his journal. Mm -hmm. And he says, they were saying, we have such large families, we need more food to survive. Others said, we have mortgaged our fields, vineyards, and homes to get food during the famine. And others said, we have had to borrow money on our fields and vineyards to pay taxes. We belong to the same family as those who are wealthy, and our children are just like theirs. Yet we must sell our children into slavery. We must sell our, we must sell our children into slavery just to get enough money to live. We have already sold some of our daughters. That's shameful. Yes. You know, they're ashamed, and they're just trying to rebuild their cities. We've sold some of our daughters and are helpless to do anything about it, and our fields and vineyards now belong to others. And then Nehemiah goes on to say that he got very angry. He thought about it, and then he called a great assembly. And so in the Capital Area Justice Ministry, we really help congregations. And I have to say, E3 is far ahead. Y'all have small groups. Con- other congregations don't really have that. It's such a great way to build relationships, but we do that and we focus in on what is your story? What keeps you up at night? You know, some stories are about the problems that we're working on now gun violence, youth arrests, the lack of affordable housing. Other stories are about, I'm aging and I don't know who's going to take care of me right. when I'm older, right? We've had some stories about, you know, parents um, of young kids who are like, I'm so busy with my kids, but I'm also trying to connect in the community. And I'm also trying to make, you know, do well in my job to provide for my family. And I'm just busy all the time and I'm running. So, so we just kind of connect and we listen. That's how we start our process. And then once we come back together, we share all the stories. We decide what we're gonna work on for the year. We do our research. We don't just come and say, hey, this is the problem. Right, Bill and Michelle, we, we do research. And we say, this is the solution. Um, And we do that, we bring our people together in a Nehemiah action. Um, Our next one's gonna be March the 19th. Yeah. In the evening of March the 19th, our goal is a thousand people from all of our congregations coming together. Um, And then once we do that direct action with our officials and and ask for specific solutions, policy changes that are gonna change people's lives, then we celebrate, we follow up with our public, officials we ask people to invest in the ministry so that it can keep going and that's our process throughout the year that's how we come together throughout the year
1: eloquent and perfect well done that right there was an impromptu clap that means you did really good okay rarely all these
2: levels I've only gotten half of
1: one once in any of a sermon I've ever done so I'm a little jealous Um, (laughs) what I love about CAJM is that what they do is not political but it's highly political, right? We're not on a party line. We're not trying to, to woo someone based upon power or on money. It's just that the people come together. And the last thing in my action I was at to describe it for you all was a giant party uh, in an evening. It was, a, it was a celebration of justice and being called, calling people to justice. Uh, you all invited several political leaders of our, of our city and our county. Some showed up. Some did not. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. that's how it goes. Yes. That is and, normal.
1: And, 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 and it's a beautiful dialogue where the rules are set. It's not, it's not any way of, of pointing fingers or, or assigning blame. Okay. It's a dialogue of saying, we see a thousand people see this as a problem. We want you to know it just as in Nehemiah. That's exactly how it p- plays out for them. <clears throat> Pardon me. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, tell me a little bit about, um, if you could explain it from your eyes, what do you see from the Nehemiah action? I told you I to go not go off script, but I love this. Just that, that Nehemiah action, I want to just captivate your mind's March 19th. 19th. March yes. 19th, folks. Put that on your calendars. Please Tell me a little bit about how that looks in your eyes uh, from, from your perspective.
2: Yeah. So the Nehemiah action really is, a, I love you saying it's a, it's a celebration. It is a different type of celebration. I mean, our faith is being lived out together by coming together that one night a year to hold our public officials accountable. And something about that probably sounds foreign in terms of I'm a Christian and I'm called to hold public officials accountable, but yes, mm-hmm. we do, because, you know, we come together to worship, and we say, you know, you know, we worship God, and we thank God for all that he has given us, um, and at the same time, there are those whose circumstances, they can't, they can't always see um, the blessing that God has, so we are called, right, we are called to change circumstances, so that's our night to do that, to exercise our power, to be together as a very diverse community. Mm-hmm. Black folks, white folks, gay folks, straight folks, older people, younger people, kids. Um, and we are saying, we are agreeing. I mean, I might not have the same problem that you have, but we're agreeing that this; these are the priorities in the community um, and it's time for you to listen to us and there is a way for you, public officials, to change policy. Mm-hmm. We're just asking you to change policy. There is no personal dig on those officials. We're saying you have the power to make the changes. We're saying make the
1: changes. Amen.
2: This is what's going to make our lives better. So it is, a, it, it is I also see it, as a preacher's kid, I also see it as a night of worship as well. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, there's definitely that.
2: Last year it was 750. The year before, which was our first year. So I say last year. In March, in March um, of this year it was 750. Last year, which was our first one, was 600. Um, so we're growing.
1: As, as, and for those online, the question was how many people did you have um, uh, for the last two Nehemiah actions? Yes. Tell me a little bit about what uh, Katcham has been focusing on this past year. Um, and kind of some of the fruits of that—you um, don't have to get into huge specifics, sure. but just generally.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, so last year there was 108 shootings in the Tallahassee area, and so we're not even getting into Gaston County at this point. We're just talking about Tallahassee, and and the rate of shootings has risen um, very marked over the past uh, five years, and so we are looking to have the city adopt a policy uh, that will interrupt gun violence. It's it's kind of a technical term, but basically we're saying there are those who are um, doing mentoring programs for kids who might be at risk, who might be at risk of being shooters, but there's also a way to interrupt with the, mostly guys, with the guys who are doing gun violence right now, to change their lives, to say you are redeemable, um, and to to stop stop the killing, stop the shooting. So, we've handed the city some examples of policies that they can um, adopt and implement in order to do that. That's for gun violence, uh, for very and extremely low income housing. We want $5 million a year. Uh, We're seeking that from um, an intergovernmental agency, which again is pretty technical, but also from the city um, and then from the county as well. We want people who, childcare workers, let's just you know, brass tacks, child care workers, um, janitors, uh, folks at the gas station, people we need that we don't even think about it that are struggling with housing. We want um, our city to prioritize them in their annual budget, $5 million a year. Um, and then youth arrests, uh, which is connected to gun violence. We want law enforcement to stop arresting our kids. That's the bottom line.
1: Yeah, yeah, you gotta woo. And another impromptu clap. Wow. Leah's going to be invited back to E3 pretty soon here, folks. I hope so. You will, absolutely. Thank you. So E3 has been partnering with Kajum for the past year officially. Uh, yes. We are a financial provider for resources. We commit to being a part of the different uh, steps that you kind of talked about, your liturgical year, if I could use that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's yes. certain steps that Cajum does culminating in the Nehemiah action. Uh, but how can... How can you, you know, having this airtime with our folks here and online, of course, how can you best guide us, and how can we help CAJM do its ministry and what's called to be and do?
2: Yeah, the, I, the the best way to to help to guide um, the Capital Area Justice Ministry is for E3 to to build your justice ministry here in your walls. Um, again, y'all are already kind of doing this with your growth groups um, and other congregations. This is new to them, but those small group discussions are everything. Yeah. I mean this is built around relationships, strengthening our relationships. We're not going to be able to go into that Nehemiah where there's a ton of tension. I mean there's a ton of tension, which is okay. It's biblical, right? right. Know, Jesus calls tension all the time. Um and we can't go into that if we don't know each other. If we don't love each other, if we don't know each other's stories, right? If we don't respect each other's stories. And so, um, so y'all are going to do your, you know, you do your house meetings, do those discussions, um, come together. There's there's four events throughout the year, uh, big events where we want congregations to, to bring folks together, um, but building that structure here um, and then joining with others throughout the years is, is the best way.
1: Awesome, awesome. Anything you can say, just as a parting thought, encouraging us in our justice ministry and what we're trying to do here as a church that you would just want to encourage us with? Mm. Or challenge? Sometimes a challenging word is an encouraging word.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would say um, this is a different way to think about living out your faith. Hmm. It's different. I know that I didn't grow up with it. I grew up learning about the Civil Rights Movement. I mean, my church, I, I say to folks all the time, I, we always celebrated Juneteenth. Like, we've always known um, that liberation was a part of who we are as Christians, Um, but actually working for it in the here and now, I didn't know that. I would imagine that many of y'all didn't know that, but this is the opportunity to do it. Um, That does mean that there's something additional on your plate to do for ministry, Um, and it's not for me. Um, It's for God. And I would just say, if you are called, literally, if someone calls you to say, come on out, I'd encourage you to answer.
1: I I want to second on that, that there's a couple moments in my life where I felt something tugging at me as a young adult. And I was like, oh, I must have ate something funny that night or something, you know. But it's actually the spirit moving, saying, hey, you're hearing this thing about justice. You've always had an interest in it. You may not have the margins right now, but I just need to take that faith-filled step, that step of courage, And so I want to offer up that Leah and I will be in the lobby after our gathering. Immediately after, we will not be in the prayer gathering because we want to catch anyone and everyone who feels that calling from God towards justice. We also invite you, obviously, to be a part of the prayer gathering. I'll give you instructions on that in a moment. With that, I want to say thank you to Leah. Let's give her a birdie putt on the 18th (laughs) screen. Thank you so much. There is a tremendous amount of justice that needs to be done. And in the Beatitudes, the persecution for justice is one of the last Beatitudes that Jesus gives. And I think it's key because Jesus knows what he's calling us to be and do through these Beatitudes is not something for the faint of heart. It's not something for easy to do. Hey, go out and say all these countercultural things. Everyone's going to love you. And I think the disciples, as they remember these beatitudes, watching Jesus go through it in his life, and ending on the cross has to be something that they must need some extra encouragement. Before the Spirit comes, there's this period of time where the disciples huddle together. They are scared for their lives because they know they will be persecuted for following this unknown carpenter from a tiny town in Israel. And we have to take consideration that Jesus maybe gives us this beatitude as an encouragement, not just to the first disciples, but to all of us sitting here, that we will be persecuted when we pursue righteousness. The people will speak up and say all sorts of inflammatory things to us. No matter your political affiliation, no matter your background, no matter who you are, you will be persecuted for righteousness. But do you know how the second half of that beatitude goes? For theirs. Is what's that? The of the, this is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. It's all. It's all good. You're good. You're good. Kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God. You have the opportunity to be a citizen of heaven. To see God Himself. To have Jesus come, and any tear you've ever cried, He's going to personally wipe away that tear. I don't know how it works. But Scripture attests that this kingdom is unlike anything we can behold here on earth. And yet all of us know deep in our hearts, in our souls, that it's happening. And I see it here at E3 Church. I see it on Saturday mornings when cars line up for our pantry. But it's not just handing food and not getting relationship. It is a justice ministry that the people who work at Serve Tallahassee know testimonies and stories and encourage those people every single week. It's through ramp builds, where we are building ramps throughout the city, month in and month out, sometimes just called up on the, you know, the day of. How many times have we heard that, John? You know, hey, I need a ramp today. Let's go. And getting to know those stories and transforming people's accessibility into their own homes, that is justice ministry. In walking alongside so many people who have been the de-churched, not the unchurched, the dechurched, who have been so hurt by a church that they'll never come to a church again and yet they come through these doors and say, there's something weird about this place and the guy talking right now, he's super weird, <laughs> but I'm willing to give him a shot and to see their lives transformed. That also, friends, is justice ministry. Justice is transforming a person's trajectory of where they're headed towards nothing and giving them the kingdom of God and citizenship in that kingdom. And so this morning, I want you to take note of where am I involved in justice ministry that I don't realize, but also how can I be involved in something that's happening in our city that's going to transform not just my small circle of people, not just my church, not just the neighborhood I'm a part of, but countless generations of taking away youth arrests, of dealing with gun violence, of giving people affordable housing, But more importantly, that this ministry will continue to go for years and years and years addressing numerous needs, not on a political scale, but on a scale of just having holy kingdom-filled justice. That's my challenge. This week, I'd invite you to join a growth group if you're not part of one. They are not scary at all. You just come and you talk to a bunch of people. It's fun. Even for introverts, it's fun. I promise. As you go through this week, as your growth groups, growth group leaders, you'll be getting some questions that are going to follow along what we talked about here this morning, and ask those questions. What keeps you up at night? Even if you're not affected by gun violence, by housing costs, or by youth arrests, there will be things that Kajam will look forward to in the future, and we're going to start asking those questions in our congregation. How can we best equip our people to share what's happening in their lives, and then address it on a city-scale level, on a county-scale level, on a state-scale level? So I'd invite you to be a part of those growth groups as we go forward. In a moment, we're going to do a huge transition. And it's going to be very, very fast. Normally at E3, the best part of most of our extroverts mornings happens in about three minutes where you get to talk to people around you, right? And introverts, you head for the door. God bless you both. On the scale, I'm exactly 50-50, believe it or not. Believe it or not. I love being an introvert sometimes. But in all honesty, in a moment, we're going to transition to a time of prayer as, there they are, Jason and Laura come out. And we're going to be doing this time of prayer as a response that our staff felt led to incorporate a very focused time of prayer for the world. Everyone should have a sheet of paper that was on their seat when they came in and sat down. Now's the time to grab that. and if you- In the world has said that they go to a church, a couple of famous ones in particular, because it's a time where they can just sit and be in their own space and just pray to whatever they think there is. But friends, we know who we're praying to this morning, yes? Yes. We know the power of prayer, yes? Yes. We know that prayer can change many things, and the prayer of a righteous person is indeed very powerful, yes? yes? I don't believe you. Yes? Yes? And so we're going to join together in prayer. I'd invite you to stay in your seats as much as possible. If you have something going on after gathering, we totally understand that, especially if you have a child. If you have a child, adding three kids, we invite you to go and get that child first. And then if they're able to, come and have them join us back in this place. The doors will be open. We'll be allowing people in and out to pray as long as they'd want. It's about 15 to 20 minutes. A very focused prayer and items on that sheet and on our screens we'll be praying for. Everyone got up? I'm gonna pray and just start us off and then Pastor Mike at the very end of this time will come up and do a closing prayer as our pastor of overseas missions and for the world. All right, friends, let's pray together. And then when I say amen, if you need to leave, it's time to leave. If you're called to stay, please stay. Got it? All right, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Thank you for this morning. Thank you for a time to think about what justice is. And Lord, we pray and ask that you'd encourage us and give us courage to step out in bold ways in the name of justice. That we know there's persecution coming, but because of the way in which you call us to be justice seekers in this world, that we know we're building up heaven one testimony at a time. As much as heaven is a physical, real place, heaven will be all of our souls here and the millions and billions of souls that have come before us united together in the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. And Lord, we pray for your Spirit to come upon this place and to give us a moment of pause just to pray out loud, to pray silently to pray in postures of standing, kneeling, even lying down, God. We ask that we would be bold in our prayer, prayer for the nations. And Lord, we pray for places that are under extreme duress, that are all over the news, but also, God, we pray for those nations that are under extreme duress that the world around us just turns a blind eye to. And we pray, God, for our overseas partners and the ministries that they're continuing trying to build up, areas and ministries of justice. Lastly, God, we pray for our city. We pray for this church to be a beacon of light on a hill, to be salt in a dish that is otherwise bland, that we would be agents of change that is so desperately needed in so many different areas of the world today and sometimes in our very own families. Lord, equip us with your courage. Give us vision for what this world needs to become. And Lord, be with these places in our world who need us so much. Lord, we transition now and we pray and are dismissed if we need to. We say together, amen.